This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, June 16th, 2021. I'm your host, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is twitch.tv slash Andy Cortez. I got another coffee um, slushy. And it is really, it's hitting the spot right now because it's going to get warm today, everybody. It's getting, it's getting into those temperatures when it's 76 outside. It gets to be about 86 to 88 in my room. Never ideal, and it's going to get there today, and I'm not looking forward to it. But I, it's, it's kind of cooling me down. There, yeah, it's 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 getting. I mean, it's nice outside, right? If it's I go outside, it'll be a lot nice. better than in here, Kevin. Super nice. Yeah, dude, I, that's been like the one bummer of E3 is that it's kept me inside all week, and every time I walk by the window, I look outside, and I'm like, God damn, I wish I was just out there, just hanging yeah. out. I wish I was just crossing over fools at the court, you know, like th- oh, step yeah. back, j- you know, crazy. Now, you got the coffee slushy, a.k.a. A Frappuccino. Is it from Starbucks? Yes. yes. Well, is it a specific flavor, or is it just the regular mocha? I got something just called coffee Frappuccino, but I okay. will add cinnamon dolce and almond oh. milk. I love a cinnamon, a little cinnamon hint. Everybody knows that about me. Everybody knows that about me, mm. bless. It's about time you learn. I'm gonna I'm gonna need uh, a review from you about that frappuccino about halfway through the show. Cool. All right, I need you to remember uh, to keep me that review. Is that good with you? Sounds great to me. Blessing. Hell yeah! Let's get into the show. Of course, today's stories include Xbox One playing next gen games through XCloud, PlayStation VR possibly coming next year, and more. Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com/slash You're Wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games, Roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show at to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you there's a surprise 50 minute video breakdown of that zelda breath of the wild 2 trailer up on our channel right now tim and barrett scroll through the new trailer frame by frame and give their big theories and analysis on what exactly is going on let me tell you i was i was looking through some of it and barrett Barrett, that Barrett has uh, has some big brain ideas. It goes uh, got, places. It goes places. He's got theories about uh, you maybe playing as a character who's not Link, and I won't, I won't spoil. And, the and, and it's I, pretty cool. And I, I, I'm not going to spoil it, but I do think that that holds a lot of weight, especially with them saying, "Hey, if we told you the subtitle, we would kind of spoil what was happening." Mm. And I feel like the subtitle yeah. of this game would have a lot to do with that. And you remember in some parts of that trailer, all the all the all the times you're in the sky falling falling down, you never see the face. You never see the face of the person with the arm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. very interesting stuff. Go check that out. Of course, again, that's Barrett, that's Tim getting to their big brain ideas about what the Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 trailer is all about. Uh, also, our Loki episode two reactions are also going up today. You can find both of those up on youtube.com slash kind of funny and youtube.com slash kind of funny games thank you to our patreon producers donovan harkness and blackjack today we're brought to you by burrow but 
I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Europa Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. And before you even get into it, Andy, how are you feeling after E3? Um, I, oof, bless. <laughs> oh, man, let me tell you. I, you know, right? <laughs> I feel like I haven't really stopped. Um, you asked me to do games daily today, and I was like, that's perfect because I'll be up anyway after Loki and review, and I'll, pr- I'll be pretty jacked up after that. Um, it, it was kind of that realization last night of I'm in the shower and I'm like, all right, I got to wait until a couple hours and we can watch Loki at midnight. Oh, shoot. It's Tuesday night. Tomorrow yep. is Wednesday. I thought we it was the usual Disney Plus Friday thing, bless. So yep. we got a couple more days in the week and then we can rest our little beautiful faces. I cannot believe today is Wednesday. Of course, like we worked throughout uh, last weekend, so it feels like we've been going forever. But thankfully, like the I, I feel like the the latter half of this week isn't as crazy as any of the other weeks we've had uh, prior in terms of what busy weeks are. And so we kind of get to rest, kind of get to, to lay low for a little bit. But man, man, if, if, like last night I was watching uh, Blind Spotting. I was just talking to Kevin about that before the show, and I was enjoy I was enjoying the hell out of that movie. But I was lying on the couch looking at the screen and being like, mm, I can doze off right now. And it was only <laughs> like nine thirty, and I was about to just doze off into a oblivion and so man e3 will knock you on your ass but it was enjoyable and so mm-hmm. i don't mind it I don't yesterday mind it was a lot of napping for me bless i mm-hmm. it, we had a a couple hours gap there i took like an hour and a half nap and then i took a nap around like 6 p.m as well i took about like two hour and a half naps throughout the day because i knew i'm gonna stay up for loki because i don't want to do the thing where i wake up earlier than I have to to watch Loki in the morning because that show it seems like they're all going to be like fifty ish minutes long, I and that almost screwed me over last time, Kevin, for the first episode because I was like, ah, eh, it's a Disney show; it'll probably be about thirty ish, maybe forty time. minutes. And yeah, I woke up with just enough time to finish all of episode one. So um, yeah, I I napped quite a bit yesterday, blessing, and that's why I was ignoring everybody on Slack. Hey, that's fair, man. That's mm-hmm. fair. Let's start with story number one. Uh, Microsoft is bringing next-gen Xbox games to the Xbox One with xCloud. I'm pulling from Tom Warren at The Verge. Microsoft will let Xbox One owners play next-gen Xbox games through its xCloud service. That's a lot of Xs. The news was buried in a blog post recapping Microsoft's Xbox Plus Bethesda showcase, with the company confirming plans to leverage Xbox Cloud Gaming, aka xCloud, for Xbox One consoles. That means the 2013 hardware will be able to play the Xbox Series X exclusive games from 2021, extending the life cycle of what would normally be, normally soon be obsolete boxes. Quote, for the millions of people who play on Xbox One consoles today, we are looking forward to sharing more about how we will bring many of these next-gen games, such as Microsoft Flight Simulator, to your console through Xbox Cloud Gaming, just like, just like we do with mobile devices, tablets, and browsers, says Will Tuttle, editor-in-chief of Microsoft's Xbox Wire. Until now, Microsoft had only described xCloud on consoles as a way for players to try try games before you download, but it's clear the company sees the service as offering much more. xCloud availability will provide a welcome boost for Xbox One consoles, particularly as Microsoft is upgrading its server blades to run Xbox Series X hardware later this month. It'll give this older hardware a way to play upcoming titles like Starfield, which, like Flight Simulator, will also launch exclusively on the new Xbox Series X slash S consoles. Andy, what does this do for you? Does the idea of being able to play uh, next-gen games on your Xbox One through the cloud excite you? 
I don't know why this isn't something we've thought of before. <laughs> Maybe it's because they're Microsoft. I, I never had even considered this being a solution. I think it's fantastic. There's going to be a lot of people who just either don't really play modern games like that or, or, or rather don't have the modern hardware. The thing that is kind of throwing me for a loop is I feel like if you are hardcore enough of a gamer, you will likely have wanted to save up for the newer console. And if you did, you would have gotten the Xbox Series S or X. Mm. But if you're still holding on to the old Xbox, I feel like you may not be... If you're holding on to the old Xbox, let's say in 2022, 2023, you may not be that hardcore of a gamer uh, and know about xCloud and know about xCloud's offerings. Like it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a an interesting thing for me. I think it's fantastic that they're at least letting you do that. That's such a that's a smart move. But I would like to see at the end of the day, maybe in two years, what the usage rate is at. Um, and I know I feel like I'm I feel like I'm saying like, oh, if you don't have a new hardware, you're not a real gamer. But like, I just think of like my brother who has my old Xbox, um, or who no who ended up buying us a, a, a Xbox One S. For he and his and his son, my nephew, I feel like they are the types of gamers that my brother might play Madden every once in mm-hmm. a while, but has older hardware and maybe doesn't necessarily know the ins and outs of what even XCloud is. So it it seems like a a kind of a an interesting offer. Um, and plus, when you have the cloud version, you will never have the the latest and greatest version. So I I can't see. I hopefully can't see anybody getting mad about this and being like, oh, I bought the new hardware. Like, what the fuck? You're going to let them play it too? But you're also playing the cloud version. There will be, you know, some lag and things that you should expect from a cloud video game. So I think it's a smart decision, but I am also curious to see what the what the sort of end result is of the amount of people Mm -hmm. actually using it. Yeah, I think this falls back into the Xbox strategy of giving people any and every option to jump into the ecosystem. You know, we've been talking a lot about how xCloud on smart TVs could be such a cool thing because, you know, so many people nowadays own smart TVs. And if you don't own an Xbox, you can still play Xbox games uh, through xCloud for maybe $15 a month if you pay for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and how good of a, of a value that is. I think this is an interesting one because... One, I, I, I'm with you that this, this isn't something I've necessarily thought about because I've always thought about xCloud as, oh, yeah, it's available on console and, oh, yeah, it'll be available on your phones and smart TVs and everywhere that Microsoft can get it. I never really thought about it as an uh, option for if you are still rocking a last-gen console to play next-gen games. And I think that's something super interesting because we talk about this generation having the longest transition between generations. The Xbox One and the PS4 are going to last longer in the ecosystem than any uh, uh, prior generation transfer <clears throat> transition before. Uh, and the reason that is, is because one, consoles are hard to get. Uh, 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 two, you have backwards compatibility, you know, pushing for less of a reason for people to necessarily want to jump forward and developers wanting to create PS5 only games or Xbox Series X only games. Um, but then you have the question of, all right, how do we take advantage of that? Take advantage of the fact that so many people still have the previous gen consoles, but we still want to move forward. You see, you saw when uh, it was announced that God of War is going to be for both PS4 and PS5, the amount of response and 
backlash that got, for lack of a better word, right? Like, not everybody is necessarily happy about that that decision because there's a large group of people out there that want their games to feel like they are taking advantage of the new gen hardware. They want people want their Ratchet and Clank Rift Aparts. People want their Eternals. People want their Demon Souls. People want games that feel like they're they are entirely a step this can only be played here. Future. Exactly, exactly. I think Xbox having uh xcloud on xbox one for xbox series x games could be a really good answer to that starfield is going to be an xbox series x exclusive and so you're going to have that game be be totally based around what that console can do if you can have your previous gen players play that through x xcloud you're speaking to both audiences you are still opening up a, uh, your entire player base to playing that game uh, uh and not losing out on the amount of xbox ones that are out there uh which i think for them could be a smart thing and i think also does it does come back to you you still are playing a quote-unquote inferior version of the game because it is through xcloud and i think there's a there's a, a bigger conversation in terms of xCloud and the uphill battle with when it comes to internet and playing a game through streaming and how difficult can be that can be and how low quality that can be you know i think there's a big conversation around that too but i like i like the vision i like this idea of give people ways to play and and let's have our whole audience be involved and give them give them the options uh, of how to play so two things i would love to sort of uh, personally i love the idea of this as having a mobile setup and having my old Xbox be at my house back home so I don't have to drag my shit back home with me if I do want to make more progress into this game or check this game out because it happens to be released during uh, Christmas vacation or whatever. So that's more of a, like, from a personal standpoint of whether I think or not this is a good idea or not. But I'm also just interested in what the audience thinks about this. I would like to see what people in the comments say about, like, whether this is something they would even utilize or shit maybe it's somebody who's like look i'm buying a ps5 i'm not going to get the new xbox but i do have my old xbox as well that mm -hmm. you know was gonna i was just gonna give away or i was gonna go pawn it or just throw it in the trash or whatever but shit maybe i can utilize this now so i'm kind of interested to see what the the general public uh what their stance is on this and whether they would actually utilize this function yeah and i wonder if this goes further than what we see going on with the switch in terms of control being available on the switch and the new gardens of the galaxy game being announced for switch both through through game streaming i've not heard many people talk about playing control on the switch i know i know folks are out there but that's not I, that's not a thing i've heard people shout out or preach like uh, preach from the from the pulpit and be like this is the way to play i can place i can play control mobile i can play it on the bus like be i don't I've, I've not heard people talk about control or other uh, uh streaming games on the switch in that way and i wonder if it's going to be a similar conversation of it's a cool option to have but it's not the ma the main way i yeah. play and i part of me thinks xcloud wants to be more than that the way that they push it, the way that they talk about it, the way that they hype up all Xbox hypes up their different services makes me think that they want xCloud to be more. They want it to possibly be a, a, a another main way in which people can play. And I think that comes back again to the uphill battle thing of, all right, will will it be there? Like, will the 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 um, low latency be there? Right? Will it look? Will the games look good enough? Will it feel like I am playing a game? basically natively as opposed to streaming when even when i am using xcloud i think those are the things that might hold it back a little bit but yeah i'm curious to, i'm curious to see how that pans out like i think if you're playing control you're not playing like if you want to play control you're not playing on the switch uh, even my short amount of time playing it and trying it out there on the switch 
it definitely felt worse than anything I've played on, um, whether it was the few data, Stadia demos I did or um, trying out xCloud through the browser, trying out xCloud on my phone. Those all felt way... They, they felt like they had way lower latency than it did playing control on the Switch. And, you know, that was day one. Hopefully some of those issues get ironed out and fixed. But it didn't feel great. And so I can't imagine that there's a whole lot of people that can give you feedback on what control actually feels like. Because I just, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you're going to spend $60 to try to play it on the on the Switch. I think that demo was there for a reason, you know. Um, instead of making you spend $60 and realizing, God, I really don't like this at all. This doesn't feel good. Do you feel like the future is game streaming? Do you, do, what's your take on how far this will go? Because we've seen Stadia kind of come and they're like in that consistent place of constantly going <laughs> with, with how Stadia continues to boggle, boggle things. You see things like Amazon Luna pop up. You see uh, PlayStation Now, right, be a thing over the course of the last generation. You see Xbox uh, xCloud gaming. What do you th- think is like the big future of game streaming? I hope it sticks around long enough to where the tech gets to a point where it is really non-noticeable. Like, I I wouldn't... If you told me that in two years, cloud streaming games visually may not look as good as it would if you were playing a 4K game on your TV natively, but input lag-wise, it, it is identical. Like, we are getting... The tech, technology has advanced so far that we're getting really good response times uh, from controller to the screen through cloud. That's always been my concern. Visually, I've it's never really bothered me that much if my game doesn't look as good as it does when I play natively. It's all about the response time and the feel for me. Um, and I, I think it can be um, a supplementary thing in the future if they are able to get that control down to make it feel as good as it does when you're playing on your PC or on your TV natively. Um, mm-hmm. But when, when, when I say like, is it the future or when you ask me, is it the future? I don't think it's going to ever be the main way that people play games. I always think it's going to be an, an added way, a supplementary way to play games on the go and not necessarily mm-hmm. be like your main squeeze. I know some people use it out there for that, but um, I don't ever see that being a thing. Before we move on to story number two, I do need the update on that on that coffee slushy. Where were you at with it? What's your review so far? I'm uh, if we were doing the the E3 rating scale, bless. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it an A minus. A minus. A minus. Yeah, right, that's pretty good. That's really good, actually. It's really good. Yeah. Really. A, what's keeping it from an A plus? Um, I don't know. I just kind of want to be fair and honest, bless. Mm-hmm. I just want to kind of be fair and honest because me giving this an A minus. We know that exactly. We know that. Xbox's conference was like an A plus in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Nintendo's is about a, an A minus and an A as well. I'd put this up there with them. So this okay. is definitely above, you know, a, Ubisoft and that's a Metroid Dread. That's a WarioWare. Yeah, uh, exactly. To Switch. That's a that's a Mario Party superstars. I feel you. I feel you. Let's get mm-hmm. into story number two. Uh, PlayStation VR two is reportedly being planned for holiday twenty twenty two. This is from Chris Scolian at Video Games Chronicle. Sony is reportedly planning to release the successor to PlayStation VR in the 2022 holiday season. A new Bloomberg report claims that Sony is, quote, aiming to release the successor in the holiday period next year, end quote. The report, which cites people with knowledge of the matter who asked not to be named, also states that Sony will be using OLED panels created by Samsung for the next PlayStation VR headset. 
The original PlayStation VR released in 2016 also had OLED displays, which delivered uh, a 960 by 1080 resolution image to each eye. Sony has already stated that its successor will display at an improved resolution. As a reminder, uh, Nishino from Sony said uh, this in PSVR's original reveal, quote, We're taking what we've learned since launching PSVR on PS4 to develop a next-gen VR system that enhances everything from resolution and field of view to tracking and input, he explained. Quote, it will, connect, it, will, it will connect to PS5 with a single cord to simplify setup and improve ease of use while enabling a high-fidelity visual experience, end quote. Sony said in its January, or Sony said in January 2020 that PlayStation VR sales had topped 5 million units since the, the headset launched in 2016. Andy, that's pretty wild. Uh, that it's topped 5 million. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about this earlier this morning as I was reading this story. 5 million out of like a, over 100 million PS4s feels super small but granted that it, g- given that it's vr that is a large number because v- vr as a platform just isn't widely um i guess integrated right like people uh, people don't show up to vr nearly as much as people will show up to traditional gaming or tra- traditional consoles or pcs um but i think that lets let that to me lend some credence of why they would want to launch by holiday 2022 because again 2016 for psvr that is three years after the launch of the ps4 and theoretically if this thing does hit holiday 2022 that is only two years uh after the ps5 giving it i think more space to live with the console which i think could be a really cool idea because for playstation doing psvr 2 after only five million headsets sold of psvr 1 strikes me as a hey we believe in this like we really want want to make this work and we think we can do it better the second time than the first time and i think for them doing it better doing it better the second time means let it let it sit with the console longer uh uh i'm i'm sure right now they're probably deep in development on some stuff they're they're saying all the right right things in terms of the single cord and and talking about the the new controller and showing it off as something that is built for vr um, I think they're doing all the right things here. Uh, but Andy, like, where are you at with this? What does holiday 2022 do for you? I mean, I got kind of excited because I had read the article incorrectly while I was half asleep and I just saw next holiday. So I just thought like, oh, shit, they're going to do it this year. That's <laughs> this wild. Um, yeah, still won't be able to get a PS5 by then. <laughs> mm. There's going to be so many uh, PSVRs on the on the shelves and no shelves. PS5s. Um, I. I'm super stoked for it. I think that, again, 5 million kind of blows me away. I just kind of compare it to game sales. And I think of VR as close to, if not exactly as an indie sort of title, where this is not necessarily the mainstream, obviously, if the only 5 million sold. But 5 million people owning PSVRs, I would have, if you were to ask me to guess, I would have maybe said 1 million tops. 5 million, I think, is like a crazy number. And I think that that number is only going to grow, especially when you have this newer tech, especially when you're making it more accessible and not having to lug around all these cords and setups and little power bricks and things like that. I, I'll never forget when I was going to try out Dreams because I wanted to do the 3D sculpting. Mm-hmm. And I was missing one of the components, but I had like the other three components and I just never got around to it because it's just it's just kind of a pain in the ass. Um, and it, especially for somebody like me with the space in my room, I, I don't 
necessarily yeah. want all to add extra clutter to the clutter that I already have here. So, I mean, that this is all really exciting stuff, especially knowing that the tech is definitely going to be not only better for hand tracking and head tracking, but the idea that what you're seeing, you know, you're not going to get that screen door effect. We are going to have higher quality visuals. OLED is is pretty damn important, I think. Um, and that's really huge. The fact that you're going to have OLED panels and hopefully bigger than 1080, maybe we do 4K, maybe 2K. Uh, the idea that all this is going to improve, I'm really excited about and I can't wait to get my hands on it and my eyes in it. Yeah, I think you the, you hit the nail on the head when you talk about the space that we have in our room. Ever since I, I moved out of the previous room I was in that had a lot of space that I could work with for VR into this room that is smaller and I do not have space with where I can actually play Beat Saber effectively, that's been the main thing hindering me from playing PlayStation VR nowadays. That plus the fact that there's not really been any big new, ga <clears throat> new games that have excited me on the platform. Um, and so, yeah, like all the things they've been talking about, again, like the single core to simplify the setup, the higher resolution, I think... Again, speak to the fact that they're trying to do it better uh, this time around, and I hope I, I hope they do right. Because again, five million, five mil, five million is surprising to me as a Sony decision to make another one for the fact that PlayStation first party games sell ten million, fifteen million, right? Like the games alone yeah. outsell VR, and so you're you're kind of hitting a ceiling in terms of what you can do on the platform. That said, I, I'm sure the PlayStation VR owners. Are, have that attachment rate you know i'm sure people are actually showing up for the games that do appear i'm sure most playstation vr owners probably own beat saber right um, so many of them probably do own astrobot rescue mission the best games that are on the platform moss i'm sure those ones are selling fairly well on the platform um uh but i, I imagine for this next one their goal is to exceed that by far uh, and i'm curious to see if they're able to hit it because I, I want vr to be good i want it to be awesome yeah so do i i, I am kind of intrigued and interested to see what the like what studios are going to be working on vr stuff whether some studios might be forced to work on vr stuff because of the pedigree that they have and like i guess i'm just always thinking of you know what if they force naughty dog to make something a, a part a portion of their team to work on something vr related you know um how many people actually want to work in vr that will be kind of either forced to whether it's they're a small kind of port house that just usually just ports games or whatever but now they're at being asked to make a vr game like i i, I just kind of wonder the level of development we'll see for it and whether sony thinks hey let's make another vr thing maybe let's not put pour as much res maybe let's not pour a whole lot of resources um because last year we didn't see as much of a you know, as much of a return as we would have liked. So, yeah, I'm just I'm super interested to see exactly what studios they're going to be working on it, whether it's going to be, you know, what percentage of games that we see on PSVR will be just ports from Steam and Oculus and, and those sort of VR games as compared to what are the kind of first party titles we'll be getting. Will we get a Nathan Drake something or other kind of VR game in order to get people really excited for it or if it's just going to be a bunch of ports or not? Well that's the difficult thing. I think it's a, I think it's a tug of war and a chicken and the egg situation that they keep finding themselves in. Uh, I mean, that's with all their peripheral uh, 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 hardware, right? Like that. I think I think this has been the issue since the Vita, where they have like they ha they have this platform VR with a a, a low amount of um, of users in the grand scheme when you're talking about 
PlayStation speaking to their audience, right? Five million compared to over a hundred million PlayStation 4 sold. That is a very small audience. And are you gonna are you gonna dedicate Naughty Dog to making an exclusive game for this thing? As Sony, probably not. But if you don't, then who's gonna show up for it? And so you get into that loop of like, okay, do we <clears throat> do we like how do we get bigger and better games on this thing? But not the best games because we want to we want to uh, preserve that for the platform that has our audience. But we still want to have good. We games. don't want a Half Life Alex situation. Yeah, like we still want to sell this thing, and so they get into that weird tug of war. And I imagine for them, that's probably a thing they're figuring out, and that's that's a thing that if if I had to guess, they are fixing through partnerships uh like the ones we've seen you know haven studios deviation which was announced at summer games fest kickoff i'm sure i'm sure they're going they're going to supply software through partnerships like that and then i wouldn't be surprised if you see insomniac work on a on a vr game because they have uh experience working on vr games for oculus uh i wouldn't be surprised if maybe even media molecule makes a vr game that is smaller that could be a side side project uh, while they're either still working on dreams or while they're working on their next big thing, I think they will be uh, fit for that platform. I could see the crew that worked on Concrete Genie. You know, maybe they would be a great fit. Uh, Pixel Opus for a mm. VR game, um, especially because in Concrete Genie they had that cool mode where you are uh, doing doing art. I like. I think something like that, something with a style of that, would translate very well to VR. Um, and so I, they have resources, but I I think. The issue is trying to make sure they get the best of the best games on that platform, and that might be where, that might be where they find some stumbling blocks. But you know, it's it's gonna be a wait and, wait and see thing. PSVR one had some really good first party software on it. Again, it had Astro Astrobot Rescue Mission. It had Blood and Truth, you know, which I'm always gonna bring up because I absolutely love Blood and Truth. Um, and then it also had other other things like Trover Saves the, Save the Universe and uh, Tetris Effect and the games that people know and love that uh, were third party. So if they're able to keep if they're able to keep the same flow of good software or at least like a slightly better flow of software than they had on PSVR one, they could be set. But again, we'll have to wait and see. Andy, before we get into story number three, I want to tell people that of course you can go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. But guess what? You didn't. So here are our sponsors. This show is brought to you by Burrow. Most of us haven't found our forever home, which makes buying furniture a double-edged sword. You're either buying some cheap futon that you'll just leave out on the curb someday, or you're investing in an expensive sofa that might last forever, but definitely becomes a pain in the butt when it's time to actually move. You'd think someone would have figured out how to create quality furniture built for the way we actually live, wherever we live. Well, someone has. Burrow. Burrow makes furniture easy to shop for. Shop for everything you need for your living room online. No far-flung warehouses, no high-pressure salespeople. Plus, Burrow's world-class support team is available for you whenever you need. Burrow makes furniture easy to assemble, easy to move. Burrow's innovative modular design and super helpful instructions makes assembling and disassembling your furniture quick and hassle-free. And when it's time to move, your Burrow furniture won't hold you back. It's furniture designed for the way you live. Their credenzas are actually tall enough to fit next gen consoles standing vertically. Their award-winning Nomad Sofa has a built-in USB charger for all-day power. It makes things fast with free shipping on every order. Burrow can save you an average of $100 on large items like a couch and a logistics headache. Right now, you can get $75 off your first order at burrow.com games. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash games for $75 off your Burrow purchase. Burrow.com games. Wow. 
story number three uh andy e3 might be over but that doesn't mean that it's time to stop talking about e3 uh, e3 had their e3 awards last night and i want to take a look at the winners i'm pulling from cat bailey at ign who broke down all the news for us uh cat bailey writes this halo infinite Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope and Forza Horizon 5 were some of the big winners at E3 2021. They were all among the most anticipated games selected during today's E3 2021 award show, which were selected by the editors at IGN, GameSpot, PC Gamer, and GamesRadar+. With E3 2021 mostly behind us, we were able to pick some of the most exciting games shown throughout the show. Here's the full list of awards which were presented during the E3 live broadcast. Andy, are you ready? I am so ready, Blessing. The winner of Ubisoft's most anticipated game was Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Does that do anything for you, for you, Andy? Would you have picked the same? Uh, I, I think that the people who are most passionate about that franchise are probably gonna, the ones going to be voting on it, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gone Riders with that. Republic. I'm not going to play it. I'm not going to play it. I'm, I'm just going to say loud, loud and proud. Riders Republic was robbed. Uh, wow. Also, Rainbow Six Extraction, I'm surprised, uh, uh, didn't win it. But I know Mario Plus Rabbids does have that built-in fan base, and people love that first game. The new game does look cool, and so... How do you how do you feel about the game going immediately on sale after you bought it? I feel so bad about it! Dude, <laughs> I... I, like... It was fucking frustrating, because I looked on the eShop. The, um, I believe there was some sort of sale that I must have missed out on uh, that was using, like, the code ubisoft or ub4 or something like that i missed out on that one and so i bought it for 15 bucks on amazon i'm still waiting for it to get delivered i have amazon prime why isn't it here Andy? i don't know um but yeah i'm frustrated man i'm frustrated because yeah i went right on sale after i bought it and i could be playing <laughs> it right now for cheaper god fucking damn it ten dollars dude or is it five i think so it was five dollars that's crazy it that's wild yeah so many chances cancel it i think they've already it's already shipped it's just not here, so I think it's too late to cancel. Oh it's, shit! It's already shipped. Yeah, we gotta find the truck slash the tires. Can't complete uh, like the transaction. Plan. Can't complete yeah. the transaction. Yeah. Stop it before it gets here, <laughs> uh, dude. Speaking of last night when I was watching Blind Spotting, I was I was hella hungry. I was starving because I hadn't eaten since like lunch, uh, and I I door dashed um uh some uh, I door dashed three sliders and some tater tots, mm. and I was very much looking forward to them. Right when I door dashed it, oh, no. DoorDash went down. Oh. Like the servers went down for like maybe a good uh, 20 minutes. And I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I legit, I was like, I tried <laughs> calling moves. my, I tried calling my DoorDash. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was doing panic moves. I was trying to, I tried calling them, but like I couldn't get their number without being able to open it in the app. I tried going online, figure out what other people were doing. And I would go online, went to the door. I, I first, I went to the down detector website, like you always mm, do. Yeah. Looked at the comments and there were a bunch oh, of DoorDash Xbox drivers. down too. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bunch of DoorDash drivers essentially, essentially being like, uh, I, I picked up this seventy dollar order. I don't know what to do. What to do with it? Was another <laughs> one that I was like, "Do I just eat this food? Like, what do I do?" That's, and other people being like, "I wait. I've been waiting for my food for an hour. <laughs> Where is it?" That's the truth. That's that's the most important thing to worry about. I feel like every once in a while, I wake up and I see Gmail is down, Slack is down, Twitter is down, YouTube is down. No, 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 no. I don't. I don't give a shit about those. When Uber Eats or or Postmates or DoorDash go down. That's when you really got to worry. That's when you oh, really got to yeah. worry. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be clear, right? Somebody said, damn, $70 order. The $70 order, it wasn't mine. I'm just saying online when I was looking through the responses from DoorDash drivers who were panicking. Like yeah. they were in a panic. They're like, what do I do? <laughs> like, I, that, I've got by, all this food. By the way, the $70 <laughs> order, somebody probably bought like a burger and fries and a milkshake and it was 70 bucks. 
Oh yeah, with the with the driver delivery, one thousand yeah. percent. They didn't have mm-hmm. door pass or, or dash pass. Um, but yeah, no, it was a pain in money. I did eventually get my DoorDash order, but it was one way later than I ordered it. So I was, <laughs> I was so hungry that I was like le- legitimately shaking. Uh, but then also <laughs> when it got to my place, it was it was super cold. Oh sure, um, yeah. And so like, it was upsetting. The, throw that shit in the oven, get it a little crispy again. And that's exactly what I did. And then um, they also forgot my drink, which is a little oh, bit upsetting. Son of a bitch, but then, dude. like, I kid you not, t- like thirty minutes later, I get a knock on my door. I get a knock on my door, and I'm like, "Who the fuck is that?" I open it. It's the DoorDash driver with the drink, and he was like, "So he was apologizing uh, profusely," and I was like, "Hey, man, it's cool, it's cool." And yeah, I went back and I made sure to give him a good rating because that is dedication. He could have gotten away with that drink. You know, by, the, by the way, man, I was so like frantic. I I, I drank a little bit. It's real good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, it's okay, man. I get it. Yeah, they're doing your job. I saw you were on the forums, <laughs> freaking out. Uh, next up, we got Gearbox most anticipated game. Uh, the winner there was Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Surprised wasn't Homeworld three. Surprised it wasn't. Oh Homeworld yeah, 3. shocking. Uh, next up, we got Xbox. I would have voted. For- I would have voted for uh, Kevin Hart. Oh yeah, Kevin Hart was great. Kevin Hart was mm-hmm. great. I think yeah, that was a good one. Most annoyed uh, celebrity, yeah. I am excited for Tiny Teens Wonderlands. We haven't talked about that mu- that as much this weekend because there's been so many game announcements, and that was at the beginning of it. But I really want to see more of that game. I hope it's really good. Yeah. Uh, Xbox slash Bethesda most anticipated game was Halo Infinite. Not surprising there. Uh, Square Enix most anticipated game Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. PC uh, gaming show, most anticipated game, Songs of Conquest. Feature game show, most anticipated game, Immortality. Uh, in television, most anticipated game, Dolphin Quest. I didn't know mm. Intellivision had a showcase. I don't know the last three things that you just mentioned. Like, I, we watched the PC gaming show. We watched the future game show. I don't remember either of these games. I don't know what Songs of Conquest is. Immortality, I f- chat, correct me if I'm wrong. Immortality was the one from oh. um, uh, Barlow. <laughs> the telling lies people i think i might have that wrong though yeah it is it is yeah it, it is, is. Okay. That, that's the game that it the word was being spelt out and i thought it was gonna say i'm mortified <laughs> but because it, it was like i am man. but it ended up being immortality yeah that that is the her story uh the not the follow-up i mean it's not a sequel yeah. but it's just the next from that creator yeah it is songs of conquest i want to say is an rts Andy looked that that one up. Tell me if I'm wrong. I think that might have been like a space RTS that looked really cool. It sure is. That sure is. Hell Looks yeah. like Hell some yeah. sort of yeah, the turn-based sort of strat game. Uh, and then most anticipated indie game, Falling Frontier. Uh, do you are you familiar with Falling Frontier? I, I don't think I remember that one. Dude, was I was I asleep during all of E3? What happened here? Like I don't. Falling there Frontier so is a sci-fi RTS. I kind of remember this game now that I'm looking at it. You know what? I think Falling Frontier might be the one that I'm thinking of. And then Songs of, Con- Song- Songs of Conquest. I guess they're similar-ish. Turn-based strategy. Okay. People love sense. them RTS. But the RTS fans are going to come out and vote in droves because they want, that, they want that genre to be back in full force. Then we got the Freedom Games most anticipated game, Airborne Kingdom. Capcom most anticipated game, The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo most anticipated game, Breath of the Wild 2. Most anticipated Eureka Studio game, Loop Mancer. Why does Eureka Studio get their own their own thing here? Uh, oh, yeah. Best presentation. Ooh, they pay. <laughs> Xbox and Bethesda showcase. Uh, and then the most anticipated game overall, Forza Horizon 5. Oh, we. 
I, I'm with that, man. The Force Horizon 5 has me super hyped, looks really good, had, had a really good showing, and so I'm with it. Uh, good selection there. Of course, the article from IGN ends off saying this. The E3 Awards show was presented by Greg Miller, Jackie Jing, and Alex Mendez. It capped off a week of showcase events for the games industry featuring Starfield, Far Cry 6, and other anticipated games. God, I E3 went back and watched that Starfield trailer a couple more times, and... I, I am beyond excited for that goddamn game. The the idea that they are kind of changing their whole visual language and, the, you know, because I again, I go back and I look at games like Fallout 4 and 3 and Skyrim and Oblivion and the the visuals have never, never been appealing to me. I've always thought they looked mm -hmm. kind of gross the way that they light their characters um it's always just they've just kind of had a look and the idea that that thing was in engine again i'm sure the you know in engine can only mean so much but i think nowadays in engine means way more than it has in the last five years or so um the idea that that's kind of the overall look they're going for and to have that close-up of the character look as good as it did um god dude i'm so freaking excited that it seems like they are that they've understand they they're understanding where the last few games they've put out have kind of like they understand their shortcomings and we're going to make this shit look and feel like it needs to look and feel to be a this next gen title um it it looks so beautiful dude i could not believe like just going back and looking at the way the the cockpit looked and the all the buttons and all around oh, that yeah. astronaut it just I mean, it was so gun. detailed so cool I believe I think they use the term like NASA punk or so, something along those those lines to kind of describe it. And I love that style for it. I absolutely love that style for it. And it's been such a while since we've gotten a core Bethesda game studio title, right? Like Fallout 76 was just this this flop. Uh, and Fallout 4, I really loved, and I, I've been looking I've been looking out for whatever they've been, they've been doing next. Uh, and I'm I'm just super excited because yeah, I want to get into that world. I want to. I want to um, uh, piss off factions of people in that world. You know, I want to partner up with with different factions. I want to explore. I want to uh, shoot shit. And stylistically, it's doing all the right things. I hope it delivers. I really, really, really hope it delivers. Story number four, Grand Theft Auto Online for Xbox 360 and PS3 is shutting down. This is from Austin Goslin at Polygon. Grand Theft Auto Online will soon go offline for players on PS3 and Xbox 360. The game will officially be shut down on those consoles on December 16th, Rockstar announced on Wednesday. Rockstar released a statement on its official website detailing why the game will be shut down on, on the older platforms. Quote, as we continue to move forward with updates and support for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC versions of Grand Theft Auto Online, as well as prepare for, the, for, for this fall's launches of the new expanded and enhanced versions of Grand Theft Auto 5 and Grand Theft Auto Online on PS5 and Xbox Series X, the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 versions of, of GTA Online, including the website stat tracking via Rockstar Games Social Club, will officially be shutting down on December 16th, 2021. In addition, Shark Card... Shark cash cards uh, for GTA Online will no longer be sold for the PS3 and Xbox 360 versions after September 15th, 2021. I would have loved it if they were like, yeah, we're shutting all this down. Hey, if you still want to buy shark cards, though, go for it. Like, we're going to leave that up <laughs> just in case, in case you want to commemorate this moment. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of uh, kind of um, surprising. I don't know why I expect when things go offline for it to be like, generations and generations ago but goddamn i guess 360 and ps3 is really fucking a long time ago yeah. um 
I had the same feeling when I read the story. I was like, damn, wait, wait, already? And then you remember that we're two generations past that now. Yeah. You know, like it makes sense. Uh, how many people are playing GTA Online on PS3 and, and Xbox 360 still? Probably not that many compared to the amount playing on PS4 and Xbox One and the amount that are about to start playing on next-gen platforms. And, you know, trying to maintain um, your online servers across multiple platforms, difficult period. But then when you're adding in additional platforms with uh uh ps3 and xbox or yeah ps3 and xbox 360 that you're trying to manage alongside all the newer stuff i'm sure that's just a big hassle and i understand them being like hey we this is not worth it we got to shut this down because it's a lot of work to keep up all these servers yeah especially i mean the game is the game came out in 2013 and it feels it feels more modern to me because that's the you know that my first gta 5 online experience was with was on 360 that's where i played you know whatever 50 hours it was of gta online and then eventually we moved on to to xbox one um but yeah i'm really surprised that it was that long ago dude 23rd that's eight years ago that's, yeah that's gross that's, i feel it's, gross it's super wild um but yeah rest in peace you know this is one that hits me a little bit in the heart because i played so much gta online on ps3 yeah. um but Hey, it had to happen someday. Rest in peace, GTA Online. Uh, we'll wherever you are, pouring out, pour one pour out, one out pouring out right now. Stop your car, pull it over, mm-hmm. pour out the your morning coffee that you're drinking right now. Your your baby's formula it doesn't need to drink it. Pour that shit on. Well, uh, let's go to our last news story. Story number five. Uh, you can look out for a behind the scenes look at Hellblade Two at tomorrow's Xbox event. Uh, this is tweeted out by Ninja Theory, at Ninja Theory, uh, on Twitter this morning. Tune in tomorrow for a behind-the-scenes update on the development of Senua's Saga Hellblade 2, Thursday, June 17th, at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Of course, that's going to be happening at the Xbox uh, Xbox Game Showcase Extended, uh, hosted by Gamertag Radios, and kind of funny, XCast's very own Paris Lily. Get hyped about that. Uh, and I'm hyped about seeing more Hellblade. You know, I don't expect anything substantial because obviously if they had anything substantial to show or talk about, it would have been there on Sunday at the Xbox Game Showcase. But a deeper look into, you know, what the thought process is, uh, uh, what what the development is looking like so far, and maybe some new clips, maybe, you know, a new, like, in-render thing. Give, give me anything. I'm really excited for Hellboy 2. I would be really shocked if we didn't see anything new, right? I'm not, and when I say anything new, I'm not talking trailer or gameplay or whatever i think just kind of hints at what the engine is looking like now um and what it could possibly look like and kind of give us that little tease but yeah this is super exciting and also really excited for paris um as his agent you know i take 80 percent, so this is a big deal for both of us yeah big deal for both of us large percentage well you know i gave him a little deal give him a little uh, you know a little friendly deal what was the deal? Because like it sounds friend like you're getting friend. a deal. It doesn't sound like he's getting a deal. Hey, you know, 20%. he's on he's on camera for Xbox. You know, it's a pretty big deal, hey. I would say. I mean, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy, very excited to play Hellblade Two someday. But the <laughs> release is in of Hellblade chat. 2... He says I get eighty five. Wow, we got a raise, baby. We got a raise. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, the release of Hellblade Two is so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Drop Shops today. Where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. 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 I love these harmonies. 
These harmonies are beautiful. <clears throat> Out today, we got nothing, no but we do have some new dates for you. Uh, the medium is headed to PlayStation 5 on September 3rd, and then Planet Zoo Africa arrives alongside the free 1.6 update on June 22nd. I'll and tell you what is out. What is out? A shitload of demos. Oh, yeah. We got There's Xbox releasing a bunch of different uh, demos, as well as the Steam... What the hell is it called? Steam something. It's... Summer, of, uh, Steam, uh, summer sale, summer games showcase, next summer fest. games next mess. Steam, Steam always has their kind of hey, go play a bunch of these demos that are available now because these are all Steam next fest. Steam next fest, there next go. fest. Yeah, they are going to be yeah. showcasing a lot of uh, 700 demos. It says uh, now through June 22nd, so you got about a week there. I'm pretty stoked for that. Um, I already played the Sable demo. I played the Tunic demo. I will be probably playing the Final Fantasy Origins demo tonight. Dude, I started um, playing the Final Fantasy Origins demo last night. And let me tell you, I feel slightly better about that game now. <laughs> I, I've heard. The showing, I, the showing at Square Enix, bad, but actually playing the game makes me feel a lot better about it. It, it seems like it's... I, the, the gameplay seems like it's somewhat there. And it does have um, a bit of that intricate combat that you kind of want out of that kind of game like them trying to lean into the neo aspects of what team ninja can do based on a lot of just people tweeting it seems like you're not alone in that thinking so i'm pretty excited about okay. that the idea that everybody so far seems to be like hey yeah it's actually pretty good so this is a good sign and maybe let's not yeah. judge uh every I book by its cover like story still does nothing for me in the game and like i the gameplay is the main thing for me where playing it. I was like, okay, this has a lot of potential. This seems like it can be really good if, if, if they really nail this. Lore-wise, story-wise, it's still, it's still kind of bleh uh, to me, but I think there's something there. So if you have interest, interest in Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy, check out the demo. You might be pleasantly surprised. I had so much trouble playing the demo for Tunic because it is, it is just straight up a Souls game in the way it wants you to approach combat. but the buttons I, I really hope that they let you reconfigure the buttons because mm. on souls games i believe like i believe either left click in like l3 or r3 is going to be your lock on and with souls games l2 or left trigger is going to be your shield yeah uh and in this case l2 was lock on and r2 oh. was shield and so the amount of times I died mid-combat knowing, all right, Andy, remember, L2 is lock-on, R2 is shield. We use the R2 to block attacks. And the next millisecond, an attack is coming, and I hold up R2 thinking that I'm going to bring up the shield, and all I do is lock-on, and I die. And so that happened quite a bit. So I really hope that they let you reconfigure the controls, because that game has a lot of promise. It's a lot of fun, and I think you would really like it, Bless. It is super I got cool. I got the demo. You straight really up, like, have... You have bonfires, you have um, enemies that you're going to end up running by just to get back to that next sort of mini boss or whatever. It's mm -hmm. really cool and slick, and it's got... My, my only piece of feedback is that I think, and I wonder if you'll kind of notice this too, the music does n the music's dope. Music does not fit the mood of what it needs to sound like. like it doesn't sound like this cool adventure. It just sounds like chill lo-fi beats to fucking Dark Souls 2. Yeah. The music is really, the music's cool, and it's something that you would put on to kind of 
maybe I'm going to write an essay or maybe I'm going to work on this art project, but it doesn't feel like an adventuring type soundtrack. And so it's like kind of my main feedback for it. I got to try it out. That's probably going to be the next demo uh, I try out. You, you've tried out Sable as well, right? Tried out Sable. Um, it has kind of that indie title jank to it that mm-hmm. I don't love, but it also just has that indie title charm. The so far, any character that I've talked to has really good uh, back and forth dialogue with you. It's an exploration game. It is essentially a lot of Breath of the Wild mechanics. You can climb anything you can see. And I'm assuming later on in the game, you upgrade your stamina and your stamina meter will be larger. And if you want to jump off or float off of certain uh, if you're jumping off like a, a tall cliff or something, you have their version of the glider and it's kind of this this orb of electricity kind of goes around you and you just kind of float down wherever you want. But it is essentially an exploration game. It's Breath of the Wild without the without the combat. Okay. And without okay. the you know, the the smoothness of it. It it does feel kind of floaty and something that you could tell was a decision uh, and purposefully there. The character moves similar to Miles or uh, similar to Miles Morales does in uh, Into the Spider-Verse, where the character is like half of the frame rate as everything else. And it's a stylistic choice, but it does make the movement feel sluggier than it already is because the movement kind of doesn't feel sharp. And when you jump up, you're like really floaty and it, it just doesn't feel like it's tight enough. And because your character is animated in on twos and it's kind of like framey at some points. Again, it's a stylistic thing. It's not the way the game is yeah. running, but it's like a Spider Verse thing. Yeah, it does add to kind of the janky feeling of it. Um, but I still think it's way worth enough trying. Or I think it's a uh, yeah worth enough to try it for sure. Hell yeah! Of course, people can go over to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games where they can write in with their questions and their squad ups, just like Lucid Dream did. Uh, Lucid Dream has a squad up on PS5 and says, "Looking for some sparring partners in Guilty Gear Strive, including you, Blessing. I love fighting games, but only have limited time to invest in playing them. So I'm looking for some like-minded, casual players of average skill levels so we can improve together. I'd love to get you involved too, Bless. Uh, I'm typically on every night for a couple of hours, starting around 9 p.m. Eastern." Thanks. Lucid Dream, usually, if people are calling me out and squad up, I, I'd probably not include it. But you spoke my You're language. You're getting called out, I do, do, do want to play some of that Guilty Gear Strive. And so, Lucid Dream, look out for an ad on that. I still need to get the game. I still need to get the game. And so, once I get it, we're, we're definitely throwing hands. Me and you, me, you Lucid Dream. Uh, Lucid course, Dream's you... dope. Lucid Dream's been around for ages. And I, I've been oh, watching yeah. uh, Maximilian Dude play a lot of Guilty Gear Strive. Just at night, I'll just have his Twitch channel up. It, that game is so cool looking like I to enough oh, to the point yeah. where I want to just get the code downloaded and just fuck around and just look at all the different animations. It, it, God damn, it's so pretty to look at. And it looks yeah. really good on stream, too, because it is kind of that flat cell shaded look. It looks really gorgeous. Dude, every now and then I go back to playing uh, Dragon Ball Fighters and it still blows me away how good that game looks. Like they got something, man. They yeah. they they know what they're doing over there at, at Arc System Works. Uh, of course, if you want to add Lucid Dream on PS4, you can do so with the username uh, Lucid, and then D R E four M. That's D R E letter four, or not letter four, number four M. Lucid Dream. The four is like uh, the four. A. 
gamers. Yeah, the four is the A. The four is the A. It's a cool stylistic choice, mm-hmm. just like Sable. Of course, you can go to ricardofoney.com slash you're wrong. We write in list of what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. And then we only got one. We only got one from Coley D who writes in and says, bless, you still should be able to cancel Mario Rabbids. I ordered it right after you did on Amazon and managed to cancel it just now after after learning on this show that it went on sale on the <laughs> eShop. I'll, I'll double, one, that's awesome. Two, I'll double check because i thought i got the shipping email but uh i might have i might have like ordered i, I might have been from my yeah. one of my other orders but isn't I'll it see. amazon you can still uh, just no, go and drop it off at the coals like you can Wait, return I, it i'd like to return it. it yeah but, but that's a lot of work i only spent 15 bucks oh. on this thing all right you well know? you're right it's not worth five dollars that's like it's not worth five dollars yeah, I'm not gonna like for five dollars. I'm not gonna get a delivery or package package it back up and drop it off. You can have them come pick it up, and they bring all the packaging for you, and you'll save like two dollars maybe because they charge Fuck like you that. know they, they charge to go pick it up at your house. But sometimes it's really convenient, Kevin. Like if I buy something for eighty dollars and I want to return it, I can re- they can come pick it up, and I don't got to do shit, and I end up getting like seventy two bucks back instead of the full eighty. But that's worth it to me, Kevin, for the convenience. Sure. tomorrow's hosts for kind of funny games daily are greg and tim that's right he's back from e3 and back hosting shows again if you're watching this live on twitch after this is mike and kevin playing some of those e3 game demos uh kevin do you have any insight on what's going on with that you play is anybody else coming through? Do you know what you're playing? i thought joey was coming. yeah i think joey's coming through i think, I think we're Joey's gonna play fortnite through. at some Not point lie. Yeah, Mike actually sent me a DM that I meant to add to the doc I'm opening up right now. He says, uh, today's stream is Mike, Joey, Kevin playing E3 indie demos in Fortnite. Uh, it looks like you guys will be playing some of that lake and some tunic like we just talked about. Oh. So check out how that looks. There you go. Right and go listen that. to the music and tell me I'm wrong, chat. Tell me that it doesn't fit or tell me that it fits because if, if you disagree with me, you're wrong. Right. Damn. Tell him. Of course, this has been kind of funny games daily each and every day live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that otherwise till next time game daily goodbye